0: this is counsel for life a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the christian life with licensed biblical counselors beth brun and eliza huey
1: welcome back to counsel for life i'm eliza and i'm beth And we are so glad you're here with us. And we are talking about a very important subject today. And I am just going to jump right into it because I think this is going to be a topic that a lot of people are going to be very interested in what we have to say and what our guest has to say today. So today we have Brad Hambrick. And for those of you who may not know Brad, uh, I am about to introduce you to somebody who you are definitely going to want to follow and get to know. He is the pastor of Counseling at The Summit. Church in North Carolina. He's also the assistant professor of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He teaches counseling there. He is also an author of many books, several mini books, and uh, you can look those up. But one that just came out, I think, in the last year or so on marriage and how to build a marriage that lasts, which I have given away to many people and find it incredibly helpful. But his other mini books are on helpful topics like burnout or God's attributes or just relational type things that will be helpful for you. He's also written a book on um, how to engage gay friends as Christians, which I'm reading right now. So that's been really good and encouraging for me. And more recently, though, he has written the book called Making Sense of Forgiveness, which is what we are going to talk about today. And I am so thankful that he has taken the time to thoughtfully uh, present forgiveness in a way that really maps onto stories of brokenness that maybe... I think there's going to be some things that you might be a little surprised about as we talk about this subject. So, Brad, thank you so much for joining us. And if you wouldn't mind maybe just sharing a little bit about who you are. I mean, I shared your academic and professional life. Maybe just a little bit about who you are personally so our listeners can know you.
0: Sure. Uh, And I appreciate the invitation to be here. Uh, I think you covered what I do by way of vocation. Uh, But my wife, Sally, and I have been married for uh, over 20 years now, Uh, we have uh, two boys that are both in the high school teenage season of life. And so uh, we have all of the extracurricular and fun and decisions uh, that come with that season. Uh, We're trying to to navigate it well, uh, but uh, we are, we're enjoying it. So it's good.
1: Awesome. Well, and I see even our listeners can't see, but your shirt says something about baseball. I'm guessing that's part of the extracurricular that you guys do.
0: It is. Today is game day. And so a little later, we will be out at the baseball field uh, watching Leedsville High School play.
1: Awesome! It sounds fun. I remember those days when my kids were younger, and 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 not so much younger in the little day in the littler years, but as they get older, it's really it's really exciting to get to see those games when they're not just sitting. The ball's not sitting on a tee. (laughs) So, well, hey, we are going to dive into this subject. Uh, Beth and I really wanted to have Brad come and talk with us because forgiveness is something that everybody is going to face in their life. How do I forgive? When somebody has wounded me, when somebody continues to wound me, or when situations have happened that I just don't understand. And um, we both have read your book and really appreciated it. And I just maybe want to start off with kind of breaking the mold a little bit and ask you a question just about maybe what are some some common misconceptions about forgiveness that Christians might have? If you can kind of maybe just talk with us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think even walking into that of like, why as Christians are we so prone to have misconceptions about forgiveness? Uh, And I think the reason is because forgiveness is so central to the Christian faith. Uh, Mm -hmm. To go to church on a weekend and not hear something about forgiveness, that would be an anomaly. And so as Christians, when forgiveness comes up in the conversation. Uh, In my mind, we become like the over-eager middle school student who's like, ooh, 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 I know the answer. I know the answer. (laughs) It's it's such a beautiful theme. Like even non-Christian movies. uh, When the theme of forgiveness uh, comes up, uh, we tend to cry sentimental tears of joy because it's just touching. And that's when the movie's over. Hmm. there's just the anti-climax at that point of how we wrap things up and so um, you know between our christian heritage our media heritage well, i think one of the most common misconceptions about forgiveness is that when i say i forgive you i'm saying i'm all better mm-hmm. and that that's supposed to be like when we say this everything fades to the next scene um, that that this chapter of hard life is done.
1: Ooh, that's a that's such a good point. And I love the way uh, Brad Hambrick's metaphors are the best, by the way. <laughs> that picture, like as you were sharing it, just kind of gives me this picture of like this idea that we think now the credits need to roll, right? Yes. I've Right, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's...
0: Yeah, and one of the lines that, you know, when you write a book, you're always curious, like what are people going to quote back to you? hmm Like, I remember when you said, and you're like, oh, what are they going to say? One of the lines that comes up most often uh, is that line where it says, uh, forgiveness is what allows us to express hurt as hurt rather than hurt as anger. Mm -hmm. When I say I forgive you, I'm not saying I'm not hurting anymore. Mm -hmm. Saying whatever this thing is between us, that if it comes up again, I'm going to bring it to you as a topic of conversation for us to navigate how this thing, you know, interfaces with this moment. Instead of using it like a dodgeball and throwing at you, uh, that it's a it's a weapon. When I say I forgive you, the commitment that I'm making is that if this offense comes up, I'm going to express hurt as hurt, rather than hurt as anger, because I've canceled the debt. But it doesn't mean the event is completely irrelevant to life.
1: Yeah, that is so helpful. And I, I agree. I think that as I even read that, that was as a counselor for me profound in, the, in thinking like, wow, this is, this is what people struggle with. I think oftentimes it begin, becomes a hurdle for them that they kick over every time. It's like, but, but if I forgive him, what do I do with this hurt? You know, it's okay for it to hurt. It was a real wrong done, you know. So, yeah, it's great. And that kind of
0: bleeds over into the, like the the common saying, like "forgive and forget." Mm-hmm. So many of us that was like, "Yes, give me the blue pill, please. If it were possible, I would love to forget that this conversation ever ha- or that these events ever happened." But when we're talking about big hurts, how do you forget a three year affair? Like many other things happened during that same season. How do you forget a betrayal that cost you a job that you loved or the opportunity to be a part of a church that you loved? It's like, if I forgot this offense, I would be ripping entire chapters out of my life because I don't know how to tell the story of those chapters without this event being a part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, that that if I'm going to forgive, it means I'm going to have to redemptively weave the themes of what happened into my story where this doesn't capsize my story, where this isn't the most important part of my story. But I'm still going to have to assimilate the things that happened in such a way that that I don't. I'm not expected to erase this from my memory because I just can't.
2: Yeah. Well, and I I just want to to say that I have as a trauma therapist, I have yet to find a resource that I feel great about handing a whole the whole book to somebody and say, "Let's read this together." Um and and you've done it. And I've, I mean, I've, I've already recommended this book to several clients who are on that, you know, they're, they're in the stage of their healing process where they're ready to start, they're ready to start thinking about this. Uh, and they just, it's scary. It's so scary to even consider and even using the word forgive sometimes in a trauma counseling setting is like a trigger for somebody. And so to just, I mean, I just want to say to our listeners that, you know, if you, you're you thinking about really big hurts like Brad's talking about, and your hurts may include things like abuse, Brad does a beautiful job of, of addressing that in this book in a way that I think is very charitable and compassionate. And he's giving a framework for you guys that is helpful in the in the whole sp- scope of things, not just this person said something offensive to you and now you need to forgive, but these huge things that are life-altering. I love what you said about we're not asking people to rip whole chapters out of their books, uh, the book of their life, and that is so true. And so, I'm I'm just plugging it now, but highly recommend this. Um, to to clients and church members, and I'm already doing giveaways at our church that I'm on staff at of this book, um, and it's really exciting. Um, I do want to just ask you, Brad, and I'm actually going to uh, give a little quote from chapter three of your book and just ask you to expound on it a little bit. Um, so, another buzzword sometimes in our sphere is the word boundaries and uh we kind of have confusion about what does that mean what is a biblical view of of this topic and I just want to read this and then ask you to to expound on it this is from chapter three it says uh, we need to consider the fact that not everyone goes to heaven and Jesus did not entrust himself to everyone Jesus was exceedingly gracious but no doormat Jesus extends the opportunity for relationship but he does not allow people With the intent to do harm to set the terms for the relationship with Jesus, there is nothing unforgivable, but there is not forgiveness on any terms. So you're, you're, you're holding up Jesus as an example here of what healthy maybe healthy boundaries and relationships but can you expound on that a little bit and this is straight out of chapter three guys so please get the book and 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 read but i want you to just share brad just a little bit more about when you talk about boundaries how how does that fit with this idea of forgiveness and how do you answer when people bring up this idea of boundaries
0: Uh, and that phrase he does not entrust himself to everyone and that's uh, where it just says like Jesus knew the hearts of the people there and he didn't entrust himself to them. Uh, and often we don't see that. We don't pay attention when that part of Jesus's life is in front of us as we're uh, reading through the Bible. Uh, I think to walk into this one, we have to realize that boundaries is a popular term, meaning it doesn't have a definition. It has as many definitions as there are people who use the term. Uh, and so even if we're having the conversation, the three of us and the listeners that you have, uh, all of us getting on the same page about what we actually mean about the word uh, is the first hurdle to thinking about it well. Uh, and oftentimes, I think when we think boundary, uh, and it may be because of the image that's on the cover of a popular book about it, uh, there's like a stone wall, Um and we think of boundary like a fence, like a wall, something that separates people. Um, it is there for protection because we have dangerous people on one side and safe people on the other. And, you know, that can activate lots of things for us when we're on the theme of forgiveness. Like, am I declaring you forever dangerous? Uh, no possibility of redemption if I set up a boundary. Uh, And so if I can offer an alternative metaphor that I think affords us the same protection without activating the same parts of our conscience, uh, as opposed to thinking of a wall, uh, think of like the the line between states on a map. Um, And it, it is denoting a difference But I think the difference is between wisdom and folly. And when I set up a boundary, uh, all I'm doing is tangibly enacting the book of Proverbs in my life. I'm saying I will relate to you in the sphere of wisdom. I'm not going to join you in the sphere of folly and destruction. And so I'm going to draw a line between wisdom and folly. I am more than happy for you to join me on the side of wisdom and wholeness and honor. I am not going to join you on the side of folly and destruction and dishonor. So I'm going to draw the line between wisdom and folly. You can choose where you stand vis-a-vis that line. I'm going to choose where I stand. Your choice is going to determine whether we have a relationship. Wow. You know, I think back to when I was taking a lifeguarding class in college. I never did anything with it, but I took it because it was an elective. You know, why not? But they would tell us, like, if there's a drowning person in the water and you don't have something to throw to them, uh, that you don't swim out to them and try to rescue them. Because what they'll do is they will, in panic, seize and pin your arms and legs together as they wrap around you. And the two of you will drown together. Uh, And so when we're saying like, it's not that you don't try to rescue you, wait till they go down, then you resuscitate. And, you know, that's the lifeguarding class that I'm not no longer equipped to give you. But uh, that this idea that when somebody is responding in a dangerous manner, for us to draw that line between wisdom and folly is actually loving them because it's limiting the damage they can do. And if they were in their right mind, they would be grateful. Um, And if they turn and attack uh, to that, it shows that they are more bent on destruction and dishonor uh, than they are to honoring the relationship. Uh, And so while they may not agree with us emotionally, their response is actually agreeing with the choice that we're making.
1: So in some ways, you're even saying like this, if we want to use that word boundary or this this line that we're drawing is actually going to help them as well. It's it's a protection and a, it's a wisdom for us, but it's also going to help them because we're not going to create this environment where this wrong interaction or, or behavior is happening.
2: Yeah,
0: that's really helpful. Because and- if we do what desire from the destructive behavior, we are reinforcing the very thing that makes the destructive behavior more likely in their life. And so when we stay on the wisdom side of the line, we are removing the reward that makes their destructive behavior appealing to them. And to the degree that they are willing to receive it, we are setting up an environment for them to grow They may choose not to do it, but we can't own the choices that they make. I mean, sometimes I'm a little salty, uh, but this is one of those things where it's like, I can't try harder at your life than you do. Mm. And when you're asking me, to do things that would make life better for you and better is actually destructive and you won't do the things that actually make life better for you you're asking me to try harder at your life than you are and that's a broken system
2: hmm. yeah and i i appreciate too even we we keep tying in in our podcast over and over again the need and the importance for us to know what wisdom is how do we find that well obviously in god's word if we aren't attuned to the Word of God and to wise counselors around us, it will be difficult for us to even draw that line between wisdom and folly because we won't know where it is. So that importance of community and being in the Word and all of that, that's what it's reminding me of, you know, for our listeners, that if we don't know what wisdom is, we need to seek that out in godly ways so that we can then draw those, you know, those state lines between wisdom and folly. That's really, really helpful. Thank you so much for that, Brad. And
0: for that listener who's like, ah, my conscience just really wrestles with this, maybe a simple step would be take a month, read through the book of Proverbs. Everywhere you see the word fool, folly, foolish, write down the verb. Like, what is the verb? Because that verb is a pull back, avoid, create distance, don't imitate, don't partner. And you'll begin to see that if I log in this destructiveness as foolishness, and the line is not between me and them, it's between me and folly, I'm going to see that this is exactly what scripture asked me to do. Hmm. And for that sensitive, conscious person, they probably need to see that the Bible says this a lot, For them to feel okay with
2: it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's such a great encouragement for our listeners. And so... Tying it back in to, I mean, this does tie in with forgiveness, but tying it back into the broader concept of forgiveness, what is something that you would just say as an encouragement to our listeners who are maybe struggling with this arena of forgiveness? I mean, obviously, my encouragement is going to be read Brad's book, read it with someone else, read it together with people and talk about it. But just generally, as you've had, I'm sure, a lot of conversations with people as a result of writing this book, what is something that is a common thing that you just want to encourage people towards when they're thinking about forgiveness?
0: Yeah, I think if somebody is struggling with forgiveness, one of the things that we hear in that is they want to forgive. They haven't given up on it. Uh, You know, the people uh, who are listening to this podcast are not the people who don't want to forgive. Uh, It's the people who would take the time to go, yes, this is hard, it's messy. Um, And so one would be, don't be rushed. Uh, there is so, I mean, this may be that salty side of me again, but when something's hard and people rush me, my heels go in the ground. Um, there's just this instinct that says, nope, if this is not clear, we are not doing it fast. Um, and uh, and you know that's you know, kind of one of my hopes for the book is that it's a patient walk towards forgiveness. Uh, that it examines the terrain, Um, that this is the same kind of compassion and empathy that we would give towards a good friend, towards one of our children, that if if they were engaging something that was hard and confusing, hey, take it a step at a time. Get to know it. Don't make it all or nothing. Uh, Like you just said, I mean, the value of having somebody to talk with so that we don't get lost in our own head when the emotions get conflicted and the situation doesn't seem clear and uh, like just having somebody who knows us, that we trust uh, both their character and their care for us. Um, So be patient. You're persevering in a good direction. Get some good people around you. Um, and just don't give up. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The kind of advice I would give.
1: That is so good. And for For those of you who are listening, I wish you could see Beth and I are just nodding our heads back and forth through this whole podcast, really. This has been so helpful, and I know that it's going to help others. So as we've already said, the book is going to be a valuable resource. But if this podcast has been helpful for you, share it with somebody. Maybe you're listening and you're thinking about, you know what? I know somebody who's really struggling with this. Just send them the link to this podcast and let them kind of hear for themselves some of the encouragement that Brad has shared with us today, because it has been so good. I am already going to take a little bit of that into a counseling session I have later today so thank you for that little tidbit and and Brad as we um as we close each one of our podcasts one of the things that we do is just trying to help our listeners and they've already seen this today I, i'm sure you all have felt just the just the he's just a normal person trying to walk through life and serve the lord and love jesus and and share that with others and so we try to let people just know that we're we're just normal people too, and we have these little moments of humanity that are quite um, popular on our podcast. People tend to send us comments about those those things more than anything else. But um, if you're if you're listening this far, then here's your little bonus. We're going to ask Brad to share just some moment of humanity that gives our listeners a glimpse inside of your life as just a normal person. So, do you have anything you can share with us?
0: Yeah, and this is one where. Uh, Like, my sense of humor is incredibly dry. (laughs) And so, like, I don't do good at the funny ha-ha, like, to tell the story to be funny. It's much more kind of the side comments that I make along the way that if people are going to laugh, that's when it happens. Uh, But if I'm thinking what that looks like in the season of life that we're in, you mentioned early on with baseball and coaching. uh, I coach my boys from, like, wee little types. Uh, and I am hitting the season uh, where I am officially retired, uh, and all of my control issues—not not retired from ministry, but retired from coaching.
1: Oh yes, yeah. so you better make that clear.
0: Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, don't let that get back to Pastor JD. Uh, that was not my verbal letter of resignation. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you have those characteristic traits as people. Uh, And anybody who knows me is, I am meticulous and thorough, and all of that leads to issues of control, Uh, and I'm in that season of life where I am just the dad, uh, over on the side, not getting to call pitches, not getting to think through uh, pitch counts and lineups and those kinds of things, Uh, and I am both thoroughly enjoying Operating outside of my comfort zone and feeling all of the kind of angst and aggravation that comes along with it. Uh, And so when we talk about change, it is usually those exaggerated strengths that we have that become weaknesses. Um, And so uh, sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking counselors and people who write books, they must have it together. They don't have to go through that for me right now.
2: Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you ever, and and you're welcome to not answer this question, but have you ever been like almost thrown out of a game as a dad? Like when your opinions are strong, are you loud? Are you vocal?
0: <laughs> no, my oh, wife has. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, now you've uh, chattled uh, on her in on uh, our podcast. Yes. Uh, that will, I will have to now go ask for forgiveness, but <laughs> Between the two of us, uh, she's the sporty spice. She's feisty. She gets after it, and she cares deeply about (laughs) what goes on. And sometimes she wears mom goggles about uh, exactly how well the performance is for our child uh, on the field. But uh, Mm -hmm. those moments where things get intense, those are really, they're both some of the most fun moments. And as the counselor coach, in terms of shaping young men through the game of baseball, those are some like when we recognize the most critical, hot, tense moments are the moments that are most ripe for character formation. And mm-hmm. uh, then it gives us a different set of eyes to walk into those moments with and think about them differently.
1: Yeah. Well, that is great. And I'm so glad that you shared that with us. There was a lesson in it, but there was also, we got to also have your wife's moment of humanity and <laughs> there is <as> a bonus. <laughs> so hope, sorry, <laughs> I hope everyone has enjoyed just getting to know Brad and have benefited from what he shared today. So thank you so much for being with us. And for all of you who are faithfully listening, we thank you again for joining us for this episode of Council for Life, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Council for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit councilforlifepodcast.com.